Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to Sane Show, show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff, and today I have another special guest joining us. He's also a fellow alum, Spartan Pride. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> he is a voiceover artist. He has done work with the National Museum of African American History, History Channel, the Boston Celtics, the City of Los Angeles, and the YMCA, and along has a whole list of other clients he has worked with. He is also the founder and owner of Andre White Voice Acting LLC, Andre White Jr. How you doing, Andre? I'm doing good, man. I'm blessed. Really, really thankful to be on a podcast. This is my first podcast interview ever <laughs> in terms of being like the interviewee. So I'm good, man. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for, you know, taking time out of your schedule to take and come on saying show today. Really appreciate it. Really excited no to have you on. And, you know, I've been watching you, you know, do your work and everything. So um, I'm excited to finally have a chance to sit down and have a conversation with you on saying show today. I appreciate it, man. Let's get to it. Awesome. So really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take a moment to shout out all the listeners in all 60 plus countries. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. Thank you for continuing to like, share, subscribe, and spread the word about Sane Show. And if you're listening and you don't already follow us, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Sane underscore show. Again, that's Sane, S-A-N-E underscore show on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at Sane Show. Again, on Facebook, that's Sane Show. So today we're going to have a conversation about voice acting. And then following that conversation, we're going to have a discussion about representation and entertainment. And then following those two discussions, we're going to have an interview with you, Dre, so that the listeners can learn more about you, the things you do, and all the fun and exciting things that go along with that. Cool? Awesome. So <laughs> let's go ahead and kick it off with our first topic, voice acting. Now, voice acting is a unique field, one that doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion. Very much so. You know, we're all... We all know what voice acting is, whether we know what it's called or not, because we've heard it, right? We've heard mm -hmm. the people on the on the movie trailers or the television show trailers, and you know, at the uh, sport arenas, you know, in yeah. the in the stores, on yeah. the phones, like it's all around us, mm -hmm. <laughs> every day. definitely everywhere. Yes, and you know, it's truly an art to me. Again, having come from a background where I've done choral singing, you know, it's been a part of choirs and having to work on my voice it's very much the same thing mm -hmm. with voice acting you have to develop your voice and even speaking as a podcaster something i've had to work on as well right my voice yeah. you know tonality pronunciation diction like all of that stuff and yeah i wanted to give you the floor so that you can you know give us some perspective that me as a podcaster <laughs> i've <laughs> even entertained the idea of going into uh, yeah. voice acting you got the voice, man. You got the <laughs> voice, dog. Thank you, thank you. But uh, you know, I want to, I want to give it, I want to give you the spotlight so that you can give me and the listeners some insight into voice acting as from your perspective yeah. as a voice artist. So what I will say is that the one thing that that I learned the quickest when it came to voice acting was well, two things. The first thing is that voice acting is not a monolith. So when people look at voice acting and voiceover, same thing, voice acting, voiceover. They, they, they think automatically to, you know, in a world and, you know, you're thinking about the, the movie trailers and the theaters and the, and the sports announcers and the, and the cool TV commercials. Right. Mm -hmm. But the thing that fascinated me was that 
there's no box within the industry of voice acting. There's the first couple jobs that I ever did. I did a, um, a narration um, for this author who was, you know, trying to pitch his books to publishers. Um, I did a documentary uh, for the National Department of Death Penalty Litigation. Um, so they're an organization that uh, they fight for marginalized people to get off death row. Should they be in jail? Possibly. Should they be on death row? No. So I was, I was, I was just fascinated that hey, there's narration, there's everything from movie trailers all the way down to if you call your dermatologist right now and you know you're on the phone, though that little voice comes up and it's thank you for calling Piedmont Plastics and Dermatology. Press one for and what people don't realize is that's a real person. That's a real person right. probably in, in their home studio. And it doesn't sound like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's a real person in their home studio, somewhere in a studio. And so that was the part that fascinated me because you don't have to, you know, you, you can do so many things. I know people that have made a living doing phone voice recordings. I know people that have, I know people that have, you know, that that are on like the the outward space of, oh, they're in the movie trailers. And I know people that have that have jumped to, you know, narration, movie trailer, audiobooks, all that stuff. I'll say there's over probably 20 different genres that people just don't know about. And then the second thing I've learned and that I love to tell people is that you got if you have the voice, that's cool. But you can't that's that's not all it takes. A lot of people look at like our industry and like, oh, I can do that. You know, that's all you're doing is talking. <laughs> all you're doing is reading. That's easy. Right. <laughs> and then like I've had people lose. So I have a stu- I have a studio that I ended up building in my apartment. Shout out to Corona because you know they made everybody, um, right. <laughs> you know, get get at home. So I've had you know some of my fraternity brothers, some of my homeboys, a couple people that I know that you know just friends of friends. They will be at my house, uh, you know, or I invite people over to come read with me. Um, um, you know, and they'll come, you know, they'll come to the booth. I'll give you a little script and they'll be awful. And <laughs> they'll, they'll be like, it'll be the same people that'll be, yeah. hey, I, I can do this is easy. And then they'll <laughs> get in and they'll, 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 first of all, they'll get nervous in front of the mic. They'll, they'll, they'll just think that it's something that is not. And so I, I, I cherish those moments slightly because I'm like, okay, cool. Put some respect on the game. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you can't just stick because you you can't just stand in front of the mic and think you can, you know, you can do what you gotta do. Cut and and there are probably like two percent of the voice actors out there that could do that. But we're talking the James Earl Joneses of the world, the Don LaFontaines, you know, of the world. Yeah. So those are just the two things that I think people know what voice acting is, but I think people just know what it is on the surface. And that kind of just rounds back to what you were talking about, how you know. We don't really get the, you know, the the due respect that I think we deserve because at the end of the day, if I'm voicing a Disney commercial for Moana or Frozen, what are you going to do? People are going to be, you know, uh, taken aback and just so fascinated with the visuals. But that voiceover, that's 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 the sprinkles. We bring it home. You know what I'm saying? We 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 we, we the bow on top of the present. That's just my spiel on, you know, the industry just as a whole. That's just kind of how I see it. And I think those are two of the biggest lessons that if you're interested in the, you know, the industry, that those are two things I think you should know before going in. So let me ask you this question here, because I think about it like with podcasting. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things you could talk about. And, and even like companies are now starting to you know, do their own podcast for internal purposes. Yeah. And you know, even with podcasting outside of that, like just having your own podcast, like there's avenues in which that can take you up 
do what are those avenues for being a voiceover artist in, in terms of the, the the avenues in which it can take you like with that you know maybe like being a an actor actor right on going on screen or um, yeah or uh, opening up a, a opening up a, a path down a different career the avenues that I've really seen it take just like just from my personal experience um I, I definitely have seen people you know break into the acting and I've seen people take the skill of voice acting like a hundred percent and monetizing it to so many monetizing to like the training and the audio recording space. So I know a, a really well-renowned voice actor um, out in LA named Brent, um, Brent Hagel. And what he did was he took his, he's a, he's a beast. He's, he's like the LeBron James of voice acting to me. Um, and he took, his skill of voice acting, put about 5, 10, 15 years in the game. And then he was able to open his own podcasting slash voice acting studio slash agency. Like he did all three in one. So I see a lot of voice actors, once you really get that skill and you get the jobs and the years and the experience under your belt, I think it's easier to break into the acting space. I've seen people break into the podcasting space. And then people like Brent, he broke into the the agency space. So open his own agency and training um, studio. It's called Trailer Voice Artist, where he basically takes like the best movie trailer voice artists he can find, puts them under his wing, and then the talent, he's so like, he's he's got so many contacts in the game that like he's got Netflix on speed dial. He's got ABC I think he just signed like a super long deal for the with the Discovery Channel. Like he's got the Discovery Channel on his speed dial. So once you're in into like the industry and you're doing those jobs and you know your agent or or you've got that rapport with those those companies and those casting services and those social media directors, it's you got that cachet. You can spin that into an acting job. You can spin that into people talking about uh, or 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 you. Like like he did, putting people under your wing and then putting people on that way. So it's a lot of ways to monetize. And he did it also with the podcasting space as well. Like you can do a podcast for anything, you know? Right. Right. That's true. That's very true. Appreciate yeah. that insight. No doubt, man. All right, we're back. Now we're going to have a conversation about representation and entertainment. So I know this was something that you and I spoke about in our first mm -hmm. conversation we had yeah. uh, before we put this together, as far as, you know, you wanting to open the door for other people in the business, you know, specifically black people in the, mm -hmm. in the voice over artistry business. And, you know, this is a big topic for both of us. You know, representation mm -hmm. is clearly important for me as well. You know, and I'm, I'm happy to say for on, on behalf of Sane Show, because now it's the team and Sane Media, mm -hmm. that everybody's been represented. You know, minorities. You know, and I, something I say, all, I mention all the time is that I, I threw a fit about having more women on the show because yeah. we didn't have enough people in the LGBTQ community have been represented as well. And you know, even having representation, you know, asking those tough questions, having those uncomfortable conversations. And I'm just happy that people in the industry who are a part of some of these major organizations have been able, have said without hesitation that they can do better. Yeah, definitely. And that, that means a lot. And because that shows me there, you know, while we may not see what we want to see yet, there is some kind of inner working 
to try to bring about the change that we mm-hmm. want to see. So just wanted to have a conversation with you and get your thoughts on the whole thing, the whole topic of representation within the entertainment business. Um, speaking specifically to with, with voice acting, the one thing that I've seen, I'd say there's representation and there's not at the same time. Like if you've like a typical like audition, for instance, that you'll get with voice acting. Typically, I won't be funneled auditions unless they're looking for a black teenage teenage sounding mid you know 20 to 30 sounding that's the type of auditions that i'll be funneled and i know that there was you know some kind of i know a lot of people have from my perspective have gotten flack for saying hey we want an urban sounding voice and then people are like okay what is what does urban sound like right. like what, what what does that mean <laughs> like what, yeah. what is an urban because i remember like I, I forgot who i did it for um but i did a job and I remember we were going back and forth. I, had, I sent them like four different iterations of what they wanted. Um, and we just kept going back and forth because they were going for, uh, they wanted, man, we, we just want you to sound more, more urban, more inner city, more. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't do, you, do, you, do you want, you want like a black guy? You want me to sound like a drug dealer? What do you, what, what does that mean? <laughs> like, uh, and you'll just, you'll get them like dancing around that, those, those right. type of archetypes and stereotypes that they want. And but that's the reason I say like it's it is representation, but it's not because you will see I have seen a lot of different auditions and a lot of jobs where they're looking specifically for black voices and indigenous voices and women, you know, women voices and whatnot. But what I would like to see and one thing that I would like to be part of the change is going further, more established voice artists having their own like ha- I want to see like more black owned voice art voiceover studios more black owned voiceover talent agencies because right now with the the biggest talent agencies in the United States you got Atlas Talent up in New York you got you know C uh, it's like uh Dean Panero Talent you got CESD Talent um and those are those are like the big 3 off the top of my head you know these are all white owned spaces with super large rosters so the one thing that I would love to do that I've seen like I was talking about the guy Brent and Cali is I would love to see more black owned spaces for voice acting and furthermore more avenues for black people to break into the space because the two of the voiceover artists that I look up to the most, a guy named Gabe Kunda and a guy named Enrique Josephs, I look up to them. I look to them because they're black guys, late twenties, early thirties, doing what I want to do. You know, they're vo- they're right now Gabe's voicing for Disney Plus, Enrique's doing NFL films, big time Hollywood, right? But when you listen to a, a lot of times when I talk to black voiceover artists who have made it, a lot of times their stories to me sound like I got lucky. I was in the right place in the right time. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't know what this was until, you know, somebody like, in, like these guys are, vo- they got voices of God. They got voices of gold, right? So people are going to tap them on the shoulder and be like, hey, you, what do you think about this? You know, but what I want to see is black people already be afforded the know-how and the knowledge to break into this industry if they mm-hmm. want to. Because what you see a lot of the times is for with, with COVID, COVID happened and 
If you are a successful voiceover artist five, 10 years ago, you should have already had a home studio, but you could kind of get away with not having one, just like a musical artist, like a rap artist. You want to go cut a demo or an EP or an album, you might find a studio in your city. But sometimes voice artists who didn't have the studios, they could do that. But with COVID, now a lot of these big, these big cats, these big jobs, they're saying, hey, if you want to, if you want to voice this commercial campaign, if you want to do this, do that, you gotta have a home studio. And a lot of times when I talk to black people that are trying to get into the to the industry, it's already like that barrier that's been set up already because it takes money and investment to really knock some doors down in this industry for real, for real. Like, I mean, you could get away with recording in your closet and you can get away with buying foam and stuff off eBay and Amazon. But if you really want to be the real deal, for real, for real, you gotta get that desktop or that 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 MacBook or that high-end Dell or HP. You gotta get that that tailored recording space. You need one of those industry microphones that's gonna start you at about three, four hundred. And you'll have people say, tell you that, hey, you might not have to do that. But from what I see, if the, if you really trying to make some noise in the industry for real, for real, and really have the right people knocking on your door, then those are the type of things that you have to have. And people just don't. I just see too many black people that are in, that I see in the industry that are where they are because you know they might not have known about it, and someone had to tell them about it. But I want black people to already know about it. You know what I'm saying? Like theater kids and, and whatnot in middle school and high school say, hey, voice acting could be an avenue for me as well. I just feel like I don't see a lot of the the major, major folks in the industry that, that you know, owning stuff in the industry that are black. So that's just something that I yeah. want to be part of the change in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, you bring up a great point when you talk about knowing, because, you know, it's like I think about with podcasting, like I didn't know that what I was get, really getting into. And exactly. but now I on the, what almost three years in and, you know, when I have people come to me all the time about podcasting and I give them a wealth of information. Mm-hmm. There's so much. Like, yeah. You, you can start as a podcaster and you, you, maybe you might end up doing this or doing that or doing this. Like, yeah. you don't know, especially if it's a topic like finance or something, you don't know where mm-hmm. that'll take you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. So you're, you're, you're so right, especially on the, it, it, and that's super important to me, you know, especially having gone to an arts program like Northwest School of the Arts, shout out to them, because like having courses to be able to teach students uh, about these kinds of things and yeah. uh, to broaden their horizon to the opportunities and not just look at it as maybe I just have to do movies or, mm-hmm. uh, or trailers, you know, like, because it's, it's like you said, it's beyond that. It's yeah, broad. exactly. So much you can do. Mm-hmm. So um, you really touched on some great points. There. Yeah. All right. Now for the interview. So, Dre, we're going to go ahead and ask you some questions so that the listeners and I can learn more about you, awesome. the things you do and all the fun and exciting things that go along with that. So I'm going to go ahead and fire off with my first question. As one of my former guests says, you had to, and I quote, figure it out. How has not having much when you started helped you develop? I think not having much help was a blessing in some sorts. Um, and just give, you know, people who are listening a background about what, what I mean by me not having much help is 
when I got started, you know, as a voice actor, my I did my first ever job back in uh, 2017 and then another one in 2018. But not having much help, I found that when I was reaching out to people in the industry, you know, how to get started, how to do this, do that, what should I buy? I found that I was getting left on red a lot, you know, in the DMs and whatnot. <laughs> so I found that not having much help, it really, it made me more committed. It made me, me hungrier in a sense. I went through, it was very frustrating. I went through a lot of trial and error. I went through a lot of frustrations, a few tears here and there, um, because I don't have any, I didn't have, I don't have any background in audio um, engineering. And you don't necessarily need that to be a voice actor, but you do need to know the ins and outs of audio software and whatever, you know, you subscribe to, whether it's Logic Pro, um, Adobe Audition, Pro Tools, audacity all those all that good stuff but not having much help it, it really fueled me um i'm the type of guy where i'm really ambitious and i love to prove people wrong and i i knew i think it's all about having faith in yourself and it doesn't matter who's there to help you if you want it you know you're going you know, you, you're going to find a way to 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 try and go get it you know what i'm saying so and also it it helped me develop because i was i was super passionate about not letting that same experience happen to the person before me. I mean, the person after me. So now whenever it comes to, I was cool being the guinea pig because, you know, people, you know, the people that I know, people in my community, I don't know any other voice actors personally that I, that I kick it with uh, other than a guy, one of my frat brothers that I just met out in Cali, William Brown, cool dude, just met him. But other, we just met like four months ago. So he don't count. Um, but in terms of my <laughs> inner circle, people that I know, people that I went to school with, I don't know anybody that's in the industry. So me not having much help, I was cool being the guinea pig. And I said, okay, boom, I want to do this because I know there are other people that are at UNCG in Huntersville, in Charlotte, in Greensboro that look like me, that would, you know, love to be in this industry. So let me make sure that I get these tools and whatnot so that I can give back once I'm on, once I make it, um, and once I'm in a space where I can look back and say, okay, boom, you got the you got the repertoire. See, I think it just came down to just me being ambitious and wanting to prove people wrong. Like, okay, you're not going to give it to me. Boom. Let me take it. I'm I'm going I'm to I'm just go around you. So that that's just the, the mindset I was in. Word, word. Thank you for that. You mentioned wanting to open doors for other Black voiceover artists. Mm -hmm. We You kind of touched on that in the previous segment. What mm -hmm. are some ways that can be done? I definitely want to... Uh, uh, a goal of mine is I want to eventually open my own voiceover studio because I want there to be an equitable space for black voice artists or people or black boys, girls, adolescents, grownups, whoever that feel that they're interested in the field to be to, for someone that they can come get training, get in front of a mic, get in front of some copy, get in front of some reads and see what, you know, see, see, see where their interest is at, see where their voice is at, see what type of training and whatnot they need. I feel like if there was something in our community or in the communities that I'm from, that that would be something 
that would open a lot of doors. You know, I know I, I, I was talking to my girlfriend about, you know, potentially not only opening um, my own voiceover studio, but also like starting, I wanted to, you know, I was thinking about starting my own cartoon um, and, you know, hiring black artists and black writers and black voice actors to be represented and stuff like that. Just, you know, just, I'm, it's me just looking at what the non-melanated folks in the industry are doing mm-hmm. and doing well and I, I just want to do something like that for, you know, the black community. I, I know I keep going back to the Brent guy in L.A., but I think what he's doing is so dope. Built his own voiceover building with a studio inside from ground up and has a roster of like 30 to 40 folks who he's getting on with. I'm talking big time clients, Netflix. They're booking somebody for Netflix every week, literally. And so I'm like, yo, that would be dope to have in Charlotte off Beatty's Ford or something. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be super (laughs) dope to have like in the city, a place for black, you know, black artists and creatives to come and use their voice. And if, you know, if if they come and they're not there yet, let's get you there. Cause like I said, it's, it's 20, 25 different genres of voice acting. Everybody can't be James Earl Jones. Everybody can't be the voice behind the the latest Transformers movie or the latest Avengers movie. But we can get you, you know. Let's let's get you. Let's 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 make an audio book. Let's get you a a, a, com- a commercial. Let's get you a promo. Let's get you an animation gig or whatever. I just want there to be people that are like not afraid to say, "Hey, voice actor looks pretty cool. How can I do that?" And I have not only an answer but a place for them to go for them to get that tangible feeling and not, and just not, not for it to just be a thought. So that, that, that's, that's what's churning in my head right now. <laughs> hey, I'm with it. I am totally with you on that one. I love it. I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, 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 as I said before, you have a voiceover artist's voice. Mm-hmm. How did you improve your voiceover skills? And at what point did you realize you have some form of mastery? I realized that I had like 2% mastery when I did that documentary for the Center for Death Penalty Litigation about like three years ago. I had done nothing really up until that point um, in terms of voice acting. And I knew that I had a little bit of mastery because when I got in front of the microphone, there were like three people in front of me recording me like audio engineers. And they were like, wow, man, your voice is crazy and you're doing so well on the mic. So I was like, huh, okay, interesting. So I knew that I had the voice. I knew that I had some potential, but improving my skills over the years, man, it's just about getting in front of the mic and practicing practicing, 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 and also getting training. So over the last three years, I've done training with um, some coaches out in LA, a vocal coach and a voiceover artist who's been in the game 20 years, Donovan Cornitz, black voiceover artist out of Atlanta, Georgia. He is the GOAT. And it was just about not being, I think it's really easy. People get tricked when their friends and their mothers and fathers tell them they have a good voice because they're like well my mama told me i got a good voice like i could be a voice actor and it's all about the a lot of people don't understand that there's a lot of technicality that goes into it there's a lot of artistry that goes into it in terms of what script you're doing what type of script so it was i i spent a lot of hours in front of the microphone a lot of late nights youtubing 
I do I do a lot of watching commercials on YouTube. And when, even when I'm just, you know, me and my homies watching the game, when the commercials come on, a lot of people just turn away from the TV. I'm I'm the type of guy I'm listening to every commercial because I want to hear, okay, how did he do that? He's, you know, he's voicing with 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 Ford and, and Mercedes Benz. So how did he, what what did he do here and there? Like what what's what part of his his technical repertoire do I need to try to develop? Um so it was just a mixture of not being too prideful, staying in front of the microphone, staying ready, um, and just getting coached whenever and however I can. Um, a lot of times getting voiceover coaching, it could be a little expensive and a little inexpensive at the same time. The Atlanta voiceover studio, they do like voiceover coaching sessions for like 20 bucks a session, like every Monday. And then a lot of times, a lot of coaches will charge anywhere between 75 and like 300 an hour. So it's really just about finding the coach for you, you know, and typically you, you'll only be in a session for an hour. So, yeah, man, I I, I just I, I always believe that you can always get better. And I knew starting early on that my good voice was never going to be enough. It'll, it'll never be enough to just have a good voice. You got to make sure that when you get in front of the mic, you sound te- you're technically sound. You know what you're doing and that you understand that what your peers and what your friends hear is completely different than what an industry professional is gonna hear. Because if you think that Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max are just putting folk in front of the microphone for their commercials because they just got a nice voice, you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> like there's right. yeah, there's so much like industry bought like hard, bold, underlined, italicized industry stuff that just goes into it. So I think it, it starts with, okay, you got the good voice. Now let's add all that industry knowledge and that sound technicality. So that's what I've been working on and what I'm still working on and will always be working on. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. So my last question to you, uh, you and I agree that this industry is ambiguous. Why do you think it is and what has it taught you? I think the industry itself is ambiguous. Probably the biggest reason would be the level of competition, really. I think that it is the really the level of competition because if you really think about it, each voiceover artist is their own company, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is, excuse me, what I mean by that is when you get a job, so let's say you are doing a job for company A and you are continuing to do jobs for company A and you are a black, or let's say you are a white male, you sat, you have like the 20 to 30 sound and you, you know, you're working with that company. The thing is that your spot can be taken at any point, basically. When it comes to like voiceover rosters and talent agencies and whatnot, all those people on that roster are there for a specific reason. They're going to have their black voiceover artists who can sound this away and that away. And this one can sound, you know, these these couple guys can sound urban and these couple guys can do the, they have the promo feel and these couple guys have the low registry and they can do, you know, the documentary and whatnot. I think a lot of the ambiguity comes from it just being a super big competition. It's a super big industry-based competition. And so I, when I look back on all of the the left on reds and the nose and the and things of that nature that I got when I was first starting in the industry, 
I think that had a lot to do with, you know, people don't want you to come into into the game and take their spot or or one up them or take their clients or whatnot. Um, and it's it's a real cutthroat industry just to be completely, you know, just completely in, just be completely honest. So I think that's oh, where a yeah. lot of the I think that's where a lot of the ambiguity comes from. But I also think the ambiguity for just speaking from, you know, the black perspective, I think it just comes from the arts and performing and whatnot. Those things that are just it's not readily available and accessible to black boys and girls and whatnot. So I think, you know, and I, I think just as a whole, people are always ready and, you know, governments and companies and whatnot and school districts, they're always going to cut the arts budget first. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that people it's ambiguous because people haven't given it a given an opportunity for it to be a viable career in their heads. So I think that's a lot of the ambiguity comes from that people people might not take it seriously, and it's just taught me that okay that's I mean that's that's really their loss. I think one man's trash is another man's treasure, not to be cliche. <laughs> so I, I think definitely one man's loss, one man's trash, another man's treasure, and I, I, it's also taught me that it's not for everybody. I think that part of I kind of take you know the ambiguity kind of as a gift. Like, okay, this is clearly a field that's not for everybody. Let me see what I can do with it. And, you know, if I can do something with it, then I'm going to make sure that the ambiguity goes away, at least for the people that are directly, you know, watching me and in my circle and whatnot. I definitely think that people should open their eyes a little bit to the industry of voice acting and voiceover artistry because people know what it is, but they don't really know what it is. Like everybody knows like, hey, you do commercials or you do this, but they don't really know like once you chop away at that foundation and you dig a little hole into the ground and then you really see what the industry about. It's honestly fascinating. Like I I love it. Like and I, I really want people to really just be more open uh, and just more willing to learn more about it. Well, so, it yeah, man, <laughs> there it <laughs> that is. That was my highly anticipated question right there. Yeah. So that, was, that, was, that was definitely great. And thank you. I've enjoyed having you on the show and I enjoyed the conversation. So thank no you problem, again man. for taking time out of your schedule to come on Sane Show today. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. Most definitely. Always, always. Definitely got to have you back on the show. And really sure. quick, before uh, I turn you loose, if you could let the listeners know, and the industry folks that will be listening know where they can find you and find, you know, check out your work and stuff. If you want to find and check out any of my work, you can find me at one solid place. I'm at andrewhitevo.com. That's Andre, A-N-D-R-E, white like the color, vo.com. You'll see uh, my demo reels, a lot of the work that I've done, customer testimonials, all that good stuff. And you can contact me there as well. And you can find me on any of my social medias, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all that good stuff at Blackout, B-L-A-C-K-K-O-U-T underscore, man. You can find me at all these places at the same name. <laughs> you guys heard them. We got a rewind button for a reason. Write it down. Go check yes, them out. I know some of y'all need voiceover artists, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely contact him. So thank you again. Thank you, listeners, for continuing to tune in and continuing to like, share, subscribe, and spread the word about the same show. So again, you guys are listening to Sane Show the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.